0: I'm a city boy, I know pretty boy. Bitches call me by my old name. Like I'm city boy, city boy. I'm a city boy, I know pretty boy. go of boy chores since he young you're pressing buttons in the trailer, Part tripping, our grab
1: Come one, come all. It's super empty, episode thirteen. Come on down. Come on down to the Runway store. We are here. Not with Alex this week. It's myself, Ryan Coca. I'm here with Justin Laidlaw and Holland Gallagher, our producer slash co-host. We'll hear from Alex later because we have a short show this week. Uh, we have an interview with producer Synopsis from Cooley High. He came by a couple days ago and talked to Alex and Justin about the new album. What else did you guys talk about? We talked about... I wasn't even here.
2: Yeah, we talked a little bit about them being the Golden State Warriors of North Carolina hip-hop. Or just hip-hop in general. I tried okay. to give him the spurs. He, he topped me with the Warriors, so we broke that all down. Did you uh, talk about anything not NBA-related? Uh, I tried to keep it exclusively MBA, uh, but no, we did. We talked about uh, Ninth Wonders involvement in the project. Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to hear that. Uh, how they got to the name Never Come Down. Apparently there was a rigorous process uh, that they eventually landed on Tab's suggestion, so it was okay. him that gave them the name Never Come Down. Uh, what else did we talk about?
3: We also talked about how you Whoa, <laughs> Ryan! We also talked about how uh, you mentioned on Twitter that Synopsis got snubbed from the Netflix special. He did. Why was where was he? Oh my God! Are you gonna love this interview because he came back right at you hot? He said, "Ryan, I didn't get snubbed. He didn't want to be more honest. to come in the, <laughs> in the interview on that beef." Oh wow! Okay. No, he was wow. up there. Well, I'll, you know what? I'm gonna say. Yeah, it.
1: just let it. Just let it go. We'll hear it later. I'll hear it at the same time as everybody else. First, we're gonna talk about G Amazawa because um, you guys touched on it on the rundown that came out a couple days ago. It's a big week of shows. You guys don't exclusively do hip-hop shows, but you did that this week because there's a lot of hip-hop to be seen in the triangle. Um, And it starts off with G. He's on the Dumbfounded show at Cat's Cradle. This weekend is big at Cat's Cradle in general. There's the Dumbfounded show that G is on on Saturday, the 14th, is Mm -hmm. that correct? And then on the 15th, the next day, uh, Saba is here performing. Yeah. We got to give a shout out to Ruben Rodriguez our friend the graphic designer yeah. He was involved with the cover art and the really the back cover for that album Getting great reviews all over the internet. I don't know if you guys have seen that the album cover? Sa- <laughs> The album cover the album specifically the Saba album. So to G it's on, Ryan. Okay, so that's just this weekend G's involved with that show uh, With dumbfounded at Cat's Cradle and then the following weekend. He's still here in North Carolina He's part of the Cooley High show at Lincoln Theater that Saturday night, followed up the following night by Joey Badass. Wow. Yeah, so there's a lot happening. But G is involved, he's in the middle of all of it, and so we have to talk about G because uh, it's been a wild year for him. And it's also been about 11 months, I think, coming up on a, a year in May since the North CAC video. Wow. And which was really like the first thing for him that went viral viral when that yeah. got posted to Facebook. He had previously been doing uh, I think he had had a couple videos posted on Team Backpack which was also big for Wells as well Holland Angela, yeah. and Angelo Moda another Immaculate Taste uh, standout. So he had had some videos. I think he had performed at their like they have a competition. I don't know if you can speak to this Holland but they have a competition that G entered and he finished like he didn't win but he he placed I want to say like third or fourth. He got uh, posted more on their Facebook page. And then North CAC was the video that like blasted off. And then that's where all the choreography videos started. Oh, and, I forgot and, and, about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just the video that went viral. It was like a whole. It was a little
2: cultural moment. Yeah. And not just here in North Carolina. It seemed like that kind of transcended West coast.
1: Uh, yeah. So, and then of course him and Salim, our good friend Salim, we shot the video kid ethnic. They went up to New York to Brooklyn for the hip hop I want to say music I don't know what it was it was like a contest for uh, the best hip-hop music video Mm -hmm. of the year and they won it which is awesome and then Shouts to Durham came out somewhere in there the album and I don't know he's had a bunch of videos come out and it just seems like it's been one thing after the next for him and now he's on tour with a national artist. like it's really this is a huge homecoming this weekend I'm really excited for the show
2: yeah you think that you know, aspirations to move out west to move to a place like Los Angeles, uh, and and quote unquote make it. I think a lot of creatives envision being able to do that or have high hopes that one day they'll be able to make that pilgrimage out to the West Coast mm-hmm. and make a living, and and there something will pop off and they'll, um, you know, they'll kind of take that next step in their career. And I can't imagine that the percentage is very high for people that actually succeed and even like marginally changing their fortune their and trajectory. I feel like G has really I mean he's a he, he work I mean people work we, we know a lot of people that work hard but I feel like G has a very um he, he is is very deliberate he is very like regimented he has goals and he sticks to them and he is a perfectionist he like he really really uh works on his craft and so i'm not surprised one bit that this worked out for him i, I think was gonna he really say, deserves it
1: it's not just the album it's ever since he was out there you've seen a steady stream of what we like to call content here at the runaway podcast the network business. yeah in the business we call it content um not just his album but freestyle videos he had the so freestyle good. video for rich Chiga, which was obviously better than the original no question actually he does that to all the ones he, he does he did it to new frieza his version was Amazing. I can't say it's better than Kendrick, but it's up there. You could say it. I could I think say you, it. I, I mean, think you might have just said it. Yeah, I could say anything on this show. Yeah,
2: he is. Uh, it, it's great for him to be able to represent North Carolina hip hop, uh, not in North Carolina. You know, for him to take that with him out to the West Coast. We were talking earlier about King Mez, but he is very much like lays low in yeah. the scene. Uh, he's more behind the scenes, and he's G's on a and, different course. Yeah. And G is able to uh, really be a flag bearer for North Carolina hip hop on on the West Coast, and so um, yeah, it'll be awesome to have him, especially on the Cooley High bill. Just because yeah, I those, that's really amazing. yeah, the Cooley also, High and G.
1: Kind of some rumors of like a remix on Instagram. Did you see that? Did you see him being like? They were like, "What song should we do of next video for?" And he w- he said, uh, "I don't even remember which song it was." And they said, You're trying to hop on the remix? And he just sent the eyes that are like looking in the corner, kind of. And it was like, Oh, this might happen.
2: Damn. When you first said that, I was thinking uh, North CAC remix, even though it's long, probably past due for that. But yeah.
1: I would still, if, if, if somebody wants to put it together, I think it's worthwhile. I might have to bring that up when we talk to him. That was, to me, I, I don't still don't know why that didn't happen. It, it was such an obvious thing. It was like the biggest North Carolina song since. P. D. Pablo. Let's get a bunch of North Carolina artists on it for a posse cut. It would have been incredible. Yep.
3: That's exactly uh what I was gonna say, Ryan. That's the type of song. Oh, and I had an analogy for just the thing, and I was reading about it recently, and I'm gonna cut this pause. No, out don't of, cut it. Pod, don't cut it. Well I think it was the Fuck, it was like it might have been Rich Chigga, dude, to be honest with you. Yeah. And that song blew up and then they got Ghostface Killer on the remix yes. of that song. Yes. I and mean, they also correct?
1: did the thing where they like had all these famous rappers they had connections to, come on and watch the video while you watch them watch the video. Yes. Yeah. And they like validate it by being like, "Oh, he's he's hot actually." Yeah. And that that went viral. Correct. Which I think Ghostface was one of those people. And oh, that's, that's he was. The and then he was the like, remakes, "Oh, yes. let me do a remix."
3: I wonder if. And we should probably save this for the G Pod if he comes on. But if G has any association with 88 Rising, which is yeah that's gonna be such an obvious question management uh whatever Mute, like no, it's a label. label yeah that kind of facilitated that video that you're talking about getting rappers to react to the song which was i i mean but as far as the behind the scenes thing that's was a pretty smart yeah that was pretty genius thing to do and it validated him in the eyes i mean he wasn't really taken seriously before that and maybe, no totally Maybe I don't it know is if, now, you know.
1: Is it the same? Uh, it's probably the same New Yorker piece we're both referencing. It is. Yeah. Talked about that and talked about how, yeah, they, they mentioned, I think they admitted that he wasn't taken seriously until they did that video with other rappers. Right. So and I don't know if they would include G. I mean, they Yeah, and they're West Coast based. Um, but they usually worked with, like, not only Asian Americans, but just people who were not from America. Just
3: um, right. Rich Jago is from. But they do work uh, with from Dumb Founded. Indonesia. They do? They do. Yes. Oh, cool. So that's a question that we'll get an answer to yes. uh, in the weeks to come. Justin? I, I really wish
2: he would like write a book or something. I feel like I could learn so much from his, his like ability to just like stay the course. It seems like it's really easy as creatives to get lost, especially as you are rising. Um, to get absorbed or, or distracted by all the things that you're flooded with, whether it's opportunities or people hitting him, h- hitting up G, asking for guest verses,
1: and, or when we hit him up, we say "Can we record a, re- or, a freestyle <laughs> in the right, store?" And we right. recorded
3: it, and then we didn't use it because we didn't get the sound right. Shit, this just reminded me. Uh, on while well, we're still on the G thing, I, when I was at South by Southwest a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. I was. How many times are you gonna bring this up? South by Southwest yeah. that I went yeah. as many times as it takes. <laughs> for you to really get jealous. Uh, We're there, we're already there. I was in an Uber pool on the way the first day and there's this guy who lives in LA and uh, we were talking and he was like a banker or something. He was like an entertainment financer and I mentioned that I was from Durham and he was like, 10 minutes later, like wait, Durham, do you know G Yamazawa? And at that moment, like G had texted me back and I was like, my man, look at this. (laughs) And he was really geeking out. He was just a big fan of G. It was awesome. He he said that he stays in Koreatown as well and is just a big fan of G. And he knew Durham by name That's amazing. from G's record. So if you're talking about putting on for He's the city. He's really putting yeah, on. I mean, he put,
1: he put the city in the name of his album. I was looking. I don't know what it was at some uh, Instagram post today. And it was like someone clearly who lives out in LA who was maybe who shot a video or he was a featured rapper in one of the videos. And it was just funny to see someone out there being like, it was a post from last summer, being like, "Go out and support him, man! Cop that! Shouts to Durham! Like to people who I'm sure have no idea what Durham is. That's amazing." So he is. I think we've I think we've done enough uh, G praise, but that sets up our interview for him next week. Um, he's on the exactly. We've already got him on the pod. I don't know why we had to do this, but he's he's performing with uh, Dumbfounded this Saturday. You guys mm-hmm. already covered it on the rundown. That's at Cat's Cradle. Tickets are still available. Make it out to that. And then the following week, he's with Cooley High. And so with that, we are going to turn it over to the interview that you guys did with Cooley High producer, Synopsis. Probably our
3: best interview yet, honestly. The one because I wasn't there. Okay. Enjoy. Also, Ryan, I went to South by Southwest. I don't know if you heard about that. CB to the president's south. Yeah, he be slick with the mouth oh. getting lit kissing your spouse oh. this kid is dripping his house Out oh. of makes his way mind at. that That would shade the no reply back oh. her my honey then his Bible hey. where the hunter's trying to find that noron simply to go oh. when my partner equipping to go uh.
2: We are here in the studio recording a special interview for super empty with our good friend synopsis synopsis say hi to the folks sup people how's it going? Your normal host, Ryan Coca is out. He is sick. Uh, we wish him well, but I will do my best as a stand-in uh, to carry this conversation, Next Man Up. So we're going to talk uh, Never Come Down, the most recent Cooley High release, uh, and some other fun things happening in Triangle Hip Hop right now. Uh, but first, I'd love to just hear from you about how the rollout's going. Uh, it's only been uh, a week or so since the album dropped. You guys have been busy promoting that. I see it all over the place on... Instagram, on the blogs, uh, some awesome artwork from our friend Jason Clary, among other people. So, yeah, how's that,
4: uh, how's that release going? The release has been going really well. The reception has been great. Like, I'm sure everyone's exhausted. Like, I feel exhausted every day. The fans or you guys? Everybody. I mean, <laughs> I literally had one uh, one, of, one of our fans that I know. I ran into him, and he told me he stayed up waiting for the release to drop at midnight and then he listened to it from midnight, like, a couple times through and forgot he had to be at work in the morning. That is commitment. I mean, I appreciate it. Like, those those are the types of fans we need, like, those those fans that are just dying that, hard. That
2: fan is actually in the building right now. And I would right, love for him to right. get an
0: opportunity to tell us what that experience is like. Uh, that, that experience was life-changing, honestly. Uh, no, I mean, it was... Uh, coolie High man it's like i said on the last episode or the episode before that it's been like a seven year fandom journey for me with them you know watching them grow and listening to their come up and then uh you know this album was really important to me i think for any fan of coolie because it's been you know rumored for a minute uh that it's been out there that it's been done and we've just been waiting eagerly and you know it was it was worth you know the four cups of coffee i had to to get through that friday you know, it was a good friday Good indeed.
2: So you guys clearly have uh, an impact on your fans when you guys drop new material. So try not to keep us waiting so long next time. It sounds like you had been holding on to this stuff for a while. <laughs> next uh,
4: time, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Like <laughs> this is not <laughs> it. I can <laughs> tell. Is, I can what, tell. What?
2: Um, well, yeah, maybe just give us a little bit. We talked uh, pre-show. You said that uh, once the track list and the cover are done, that it's party time. So maybe. Talk a little bit about what that means and and the lead up to finishing the album and and really kind of when it's done um, and that time in between finishing the album and then actually dropping it for the public.
4: Yeah, for sure. I mean, this album was an interesting journey just because in the beginning, um, Charlie Smarts and Ill Digits live in New York. The rest of the group is down here. And I remember there was a point in time where Charlie Smarts was just writing like, a bunch of songs, like, over the course of, like, a year and a half, maybe two years, he had a hundred or more or so songs, because we were working on, thinking about putting out a mixtape, and then, you know, we got the call from Rhapsody saying I wanted to work on an album, and I was just like, of course, like, yeah, we got to do it, so from that time, everything just kind of shifted, so you know, we were playing him songs, you know, going kind of talking about how the process was going to go. And when did this start? Um, This officially started, if I'm not mistaken, uh probably 2013, okay. 2014. Um, so a long time coming then. Yeah. And the funny thing is, you know, ev- even in between that time, it was just literally we were made 20 or 30 songs. Go play them for him. He would just like scroll through and be like, nope, 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 nope. Like, like out of 30 songs, he may keep one or two. And then you just had a running cut list. So you just kept making songs until the track list was done. So we would go in and there would be small victories like, oh, we got to keep one or two. And that's kind of how Heights happened. So Heights actually was uh, the remnants of the cut list. So when people listen to Heights, those are a bunch of joints that were made during this process that got cut from the album and people at that time were Those like, songs got cut. Yeah, those are... Yeah, those are wow. tables. We were talking
2: about how much we appreciate that album. Yeah. So, man, I mean, I guess it just speaks to the quality of work that you guys have, that even the songs that are getting cut, uh, you know, can make incredible uh, pieces of work. So, yeah, I
4: mean, that's, that's impressive. Yeah, but if you... And the funny thing is, if you listen in comparison, if you kind of listen to what we were doing on Heights, now that the album is out and you kind of put them side by side, they're clearly in two different places even though all that music was being made at the same time so a lot of it was just really focusing on a particular sound a particular sonic palette like just getting beats from crisis and cash ninth and just kind of making as many songs as possible and just seeing what you know stuck to the wall and once we got that core we just kind of went from there and then um coming up with the track list coming up with the title that the title was probably the worst part because you literally are just thinking of okay names and everyone's like this name is terrible or this name is good and then it still doesn't make it through so it's kind of like an approval process like we're just submitting a bunch of things to see what made it through the cut and then whatever stage just kind of took shape and made the album
2: that's that's awesome. Uh, the the names though they have a, a theme, so it couldn't have been too hard. Kind of working within that framework to come up with well, maybe some. What are some other talking about things getting cut? What are some names, album titles that got cut from the
4: from the list? I'm gonna be real. I don't even remember. Like at this that's point, probably good. Because yeah. once once the name got picked, it was like recycle bin. Like yeah, yep. <laughs> empty that. Like onto the next thing. So it was just. Once once the major pieces fell in line, it was going from there on to what's the next thing, what's the next conversation, what's the next piece to a puzzle. So you have five people involved, so it's a lot of different mm-hmm. mindsets. So you get a lot of content, which is good, but at the same time, everything's like a debate. And then ninth was had the ultimate say-so approval, yay or nay on whatever came through the pipeline.
2: Yeah, so. I'm curious to know what uh, the, the growth between Heights and, and Never Come Down, how much... Uh, his involvement changed your sound how much you guys just grew as artists how much you individually um, were inspired by different things uh, creatively in between that time when you guys put out heights even though this sounds like this process started even before that was released but just the the growth because uh, you guys I mean you've been you've been in the scene for a minute now but uh, your releases are uh, are, are timely they're not you know you guys aren't cranking out singles all the time you're, you're very much craftsmen uh in that regard so maybe talk a little bit about um the process the creative process growing from heights to never come down
4: i mean from my perspective from the producer's chair it was just really interesting just to kind of see once we got the core records of what was going to be never come down then the step was okay where do we go from here so then it was almost like reverse engineering just mm-hmm. trying to like plug some of those gaps and just kind of see okay if this is the chord, does this idea work? Does this beat work? Does this song work? Because once we knew what those initial songs were, it became easier and more difficult because you know what the target is. Now it's a matter of the target is small now. Right? Right. It has to, it's either going to work or it's not going to work at all. Uh, a nice involvement in that was really helpful just because he was really able just to kind of step in immediately and let us know that's the right thing or that's not the right thing. Go to something else. So even in the mixing aspect of it he would kind of come in and he may hear a song and move a verse or move a hook and really trying to show us how some of the records needed to be built from an arrangement standpoint and then after that the mixing and post-production really made a difference just because Crisis was able to go through and mix it do some additional instruments I was able to go back in and mix a little bit they were just contributors from, from all over as like a total team effort. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm for a lot of that. maybe
2: talk a little bit more about that because um, you guys do have some other producers, um, not just ninth involved like Crisis. Uh, so maybe what, you know, how, how were they able to um, kind of put their input or where do they um, really like
4: put their stamp on the album
2: as you guys were crafting it?
4: Yeah, so being in Bright Lady, the cool thing about it is a lot of the producers are kind of there just hanging around like working on beats or they may be recording songs or doing other things so you could be in there and hear a beat that somebody's playing and just go in the room and be like what's that Mm -hmm. can we get that that kind of fits with what we're doing and then just make a song out of it and see does that work so in the case of crisis since he was mixing and he was just there throughout a lot of the process it was really easy to kind of go to him and say, okay, this is the type of sign that we're looking for, or just lounge and kind of see what happens and just kind of go and get some of those beats and make them songs and kind of send them to Charlie. If he wasn't here. And the same thing with Eric G and cash, cause cash was around too. So once we locked in grinning and Charlie was in there recording the song and Rhapsody was going up and down the hallway and she just was like, she just peeked in and she was just like, what's that? And uh, she was like, can I get on that? And Charlie was like, yeah, for sure. So, um, I wish she was kind of here to tell that story because it was really funny when it happened, but a lot of it is just really organic. Like, there wasn't really a strict process or a strict regimen to how things got done. It was very much just being in a creative space with all those people being around.
2: Yeah, and is that that process for you guys, uh, you know, you've been a group for a while now, even though uh, some of the group is in New York, some of you guys are still here, uh, and then, uh, you know, Rhapsody doing her solo thing, Um how are you guys able to uh, maintain this vision or this focus as a group while you're um, in these different spaces? Uh, Because the project is very cohesive, not just in the music itself, but just the the rollout in general. Again, the album art is incredible. Um, The way that you guys just package everything is really seamless. Um, So how are you able to maintain that? And maybe how has that, um, how has your creative vision as a group uh, been able to take shape um, as you guys are,
4: are getting older? I think part of it goes back to the fact that we're fans mm-hmm. first. So we kind of see what other people are doing sometimes. And we know, you know, other quality rollouts from when we see people that we follow or people that we like do other interesting things. Our goal is to kind of also, you know, when I see something as dope, when I see people to see our cover or see our music or hear our music rather and, and go through that process, we want them to get that same feeling of like, Okay, when they first see the album artwork, like, what are they going to think about it? Like, what would I think if I see this cover first? So I think it's great or I think it's kind of just meh. So that's part of it. And the other part of it is we've been friends for a long time. Like We've known um, Jason Clary, Soul, going back to NC State. He designed the original logo. Yeah, he's All the text type. And a lot of it comes from that because we know that we're dealing with people who we've had long relationships with. So the communication is just easy. Especially when, in his case, he's following up on his own work, so we don't have to challenge him in that way. Like he already knows what he's established and what right. he's created There's for a us. There's familiarity there, right? So if anything, he's just trying to one up himself, and so we kind of can say, okay, this is what we did last time. We know what you can do. We've know we've seen what you're capable of. Like, how are we gonna get it to the next level? And he just takes it and goes from there. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that is it's important to build that rapport, uh, as a group, as you're continuing to, to make projects and, um, and really just take things to the next level. Um, again, with Jason, he talked a little bit about this when we interviewed him, uh, having, uh, just that time spent hooping with you guys, living with you guys, uh, building that relationship so that, it, that, that, communication is almost um non-verbal you know it's like being uh you guys are like the the Spurs, the san antonio spurs right like it just clicks you guys are just in rhythm uh you know where everybody's got to be and so I, I do everything in sports analogies so uh, i gotta pull that one out but i mean
4: we're definitely more like the warriors though okay so.
2: okay okay why is that break that down for us because the spurs man you know they got they got champions for days over time, too. You know, they're not new cats. These Spurs, 99 to, was it 2015 was their last one? So, And I feel like that that's you guys a little bit, too. You've been in this game a little while. You have this uh, maintained level of excellence. So I, I'm going to stick with the Spurs, but I want you to, to maybe break down why you think you guys are the Warriors.
4: I mean, because the Warriors' whole situation right now is still a new thing. When it first was happening, it was kind of unexpected, especially when they won the 70-plus games mm-hmm. last year. And you're just looking at Curry, you're just looking at Draymond, you're looking at Clay Thompson, you're just kind of when you see the team, you're like, How do these pieces, none of these pieces are on their own, I would have thought, would have come together to have such an overwhelming effect, mm-hmm. like continuously in sports and on the conference. So when you look at someone like Charlie and Tab and myself and Foolery and Digits, just even as solo just artists and creatives. And you look at the formula that we make together, it's kind of one of those things where if you're not familiar with it, you're always going to be a little taken aback. Because even Mm. with this album, people are just kind of saying, this is your best album. This is some of your best work. How did you guys keep your sound, but grow it and just take it to another level while doing similar things? And a lot of that just goes to, like I saying, just you've got to you know, be a champion. Like I, if anything, Charlie would be Steph, Charlie would be Steph Curry. Which one of you guys is Zaza. That's what I really want to know. Oh, Zaza. I think, I think all of us have a little Zaza. Okay. I I think there's one Zaza. Some clumsy
2: tendencies. Yeah. Some, maybe some malicious behavior tucked in there. I mean, Uh, the thing
4: about malicious behavior is if it looks clumsy. Yeah. Then you can just play it off. Right. Yeah. Does
2: that make, does that make ninth Steve Kerr in this case? I mean, I could take this analogy for days, so maybe maybe we'll, uh, we'll pass on that. Uh, you did mention uh, your good friend Rhapsody uh, on the album, uh, and then she also was featured uh, on Rapture, the Netflix series. Um, Ryan passed this question along to me, and, and I don't know if you're still salty about this, but he wants to know why you got snubbed in the documentary.
4: Oh, I didn't get snubbed in the documentary. <laughs> See, and this is the thing about when you're on the inside mm. versus the outside. Right, right, right. So, a rap city called me and just kind of seeing where I was at. She would let me know what they were filming that she wanted me to come through and be a part of the episode that she was shooting. The only problem was I was in New York working on other things for the album. So it's one of those things where it's a lot of moving parts. Somebody's got to do the the hard work, right? So I was up there with Charlie, and I was also up there with Digits. So if you look at the people who are not present in the episode versus the people who are present. Then it makes a lot more sense, you know, since Tab and Fuller do live down here. But it's the name; it's coolly hot, like, it's all right. of us.
2: Right. That's very uh, noble of you to to not be uh, so picky about not being in the documentary.
4: But I am though. i definitely saw my picture in there <laughs> twice. So I don't know what Ryan's
2: talking about. We'll, we'll go back. We'll go back and do it frame by frame, so we can so we can capture that. Uh, what 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 is that uh, being? in that documentary, having that come out uh, with Rhapsody and and all the the North Carolina hip-hop that was represented in that. What does that mean to to you guys as uh, a group that's been in the game for a minute and just kind of where do you see hip-hop music right now in North Carolina and where it's going?
4: As far as what the documentary means to, I mean, I can't really speak for everybody. I'm sure everybody will have a completely different answer, but for me, I was just happy. I was just happy for the win because we all started together We're all so close friends. Go, go! Like coming from NC State, sitting in Bagraw in in the uh, the hip hop organization room, just trying to figure out a place to record. Like when we look at where we started, all those years ago, to see Rapsy on Netflix, to have this album coming out, an opportunity to work with Ninth Wonder, who's a legend. Regardless, Mm -hmm. like even that opportunity is still just crazy and I'm thankful for it and I'm just happy like I'm like oh we're, like we're winning like everybody's out here doing what they set out to do like there's what more can you say about that as far as the scene in general I think it depends about I think it depends on who you're talking about I know Raleigh scene is a little different than Durham scene I think it's a lot of people just trying to find their way like there's some people who are definitely active and busy you kind of see them doing a lot of things and you have newer artists that are trying to find their footing because the thing is, it's hard when you don't have necessarily any help, as if you're just starting out, like who to go to or what the right thing is to do. But it just, like I said, it just depends.
2: What do you think the North Carolina sound is? Because you, you think about a lot of regions that pop off, they, there's a particular sound that their uh, Hallmark artists are carrying. Um, but th- there was a little bit, um, maybe kind of after Little Brother um, and Ninth is, is a big part of the sound and a lot of people might attribute North Carolina um, their sound to, to his production. But then you also got guys like J. Cole that are also doing things in the game that have a, a different sound. Um, so I'm curious as a producer, someone that's behind the boards, kind of engineering all this stuff, what you think either the North Carolina sound is or what it could be just based on the artists that are here and what the flavor of North Carolina brings to
4: music. I don't even know what the sound would be if there's one thing to describe it. I think part of that's because you look at the number of artists on the level of like a J. Cole or the level of a Rhapsody, you know, we're glad to have the ones that are broken through, but the sample size is still mm-hmm. small in comparison to a New York or an Atlanta or an LA. Right. So, you know, it's kinda of hard to say this is the definitive sound when again, like we've only seen a couple of people have the sound that they, you know, have started with and have cultivated over time. I mean, there's potential. It could go anywhere. Yeah. You definitely hear the influences from all over. And we definitely live in a time where, you know, the influences from outside people are going to adapt to what they think is going to cut through. And then you have some people that aren't going to be worried about that, and they're just going to make the music that they want to make. So I think there's there's always going to be more than one predominant sound, and I just think that's how this area is. So. This is up. Well, you guys got the show coming up. The album uh
2: this is not the release show but the album uh premiere show at lincoln theater uh celebration, celebration it show is a
4: celebration 421 i mean it's the first time we're performing a lot of the new songs so i mean it technically could be a release show release party uh um, party sounds good lineup, yeah. yeah yeah you, yeah i you.
2: mean gee i don't know how much um uh, you have uh, kind of been in contact with him out, out, as he's been out west, but that dude has been putting in work. He's oh, uh, grinding, yeah. sir. Jeez. Um, I know Tab got on the album on, on Shouts to Durham for his project. Uh, we even talked about how we'd love to see some more Cooley High, G. Amazawa collaborations in the future. If you guys are thinking about another single, just know that Super Empty would fully endorse a G. Amazawa feature. <laughs> Um so gonna definitely give a shout out to my guy there. Um but yeah, 421 uh, at Lincoln Theater, Giamazawa Imbala and 3 a.m. on that bill as well. Again, really, really cool lineup. Um, looking forward to seeing some of the new the new stuff live. I mean you guys the live shows are killer. I never get tired about uh tired of seeing those. Uh, just the way that you guys again, full the way it's packaged. Um you guys are very professional you throw a good show uh you know alex can definitely speak to that he's probably been to more shows than i have uh what's been your favorite show uh
0: so i would say for me personally um especially like the recent history probably the heights release party was probably my favorite show like in retrospect just because uh i remember ace opened up on that show and apparently that was his first uh show or at least i don't know because i saw him afterwards i had my record to get signed by y'all and i was like yo you you killed it tonight man can you sign my record and he was like you, this is the first time this has ever happened <laughs> and it's like for me i don't know it's funny because it you know dreams come true. yeah it's 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 funny too because we you know two and a half years later now and you know ace is kind of an established name in raleigh like people in the pay attention to the music scene know who ace is he just had a uh, pretty big track with Tree City Drop Uh, what like a month two months ago yeah. that's been you know really really well received and so for me that's one of those things where that that album release was kind of like my catalyst as well for all my creative shit that I've been doing in the past couple of years so I think that's been the most impactful one um, but obviously besides that I think the first time I saw y'all like seven years ago I remember Jay gun opened at King's wow I mean I had that uh I had that fucking um, show poster as my phone background for like four years. <laughs> it's insane, dude. Um, it's fun. Like, it's it, it. I don't want to talk about myself too much, but it really is crazy the impact y'all have had, and just to see you guys keep grinding, grinding, and grinding, and keep doing really cool shit the way you guys want to do it, and you know, still working with others, recognizing that there's other people around who can help you do what you guys want to do the best way possible. I think it's really inspiring for anybody looking to be creative, to be like, yeah, I can do good shit, I can do stuff on my own, but really, it's all about the collaboration within the community, and figuring out how we can all rise together.
4: That's true, that's definitely true, um, like, even looking at, just like you're saying, that point on collaboration, I mean, when we started out, you just had to collaborate, a lot of what we, you know, did then, and even do now, is rooted in that, because I don't, I don't know anything about graphic design. So the fact that we were able to to have, find someone like Jason and collaborate with him and even collaborate with, you know, people, regardless of wherever they're at and learn and just sit back and kind of watch and pick up those pieces and apply it later on. I mean, we would not be where we are now if we didn't have the opportunity to collaborate because you have to kind of extend that limb and kind of just see, you know, how it goes from there. So, yeah, shout out to ASA. Uh, he played me some stuff he's been working on and... Yeah, he's got some stuff. And shout out to Pat Jr. as well. Yes. Yeah, he stays <laughs> busy. Uh, we have this running joke. I always tell him to stay inside because uh, he's always he's always working and being low-key with his. So shout out to the homie Mark as well, too. I know he's – I think he's still in Miami right now. But, yeah, shout out to those guys.
0: So, so on that Pat Jr. note, uh, you did a remix with him on his last Black and Mild EP.
4: Uh, we got yes, one coming yes. up for the next one? Probably not, honestly. Okay. Pro- probably, probably not. But that doesn't mean that there won't be tried. other, other, other projects in the future. There may be some other stuff coming out.
2: With that in mind, what uh, what can you tell us about what you guys? I know this this album is fresh, but just where would you um, ideally? You know, what what are kind of the next levels for you guys as a group is it like an international tour is it getting is it working with a guy like j cole on some material um what you know what are some some dreams that you guys have as you continue to um climb to new heights and never come down
4: (laughs) i mean i mean for me on it like raps was just at the grammys like that's that's crazy so just being in the the periphery of some of you know the the other things that are going on has been crazy so i think for me i just want people to hear the record to be honest just because we worked so hard on it so as many people can get exposed to the music everything else will kind of take care of itself so we
2: need to get a loudspeaker. we need a head of the park right the shit on repeat yeah right. yeah that's what i need a uh uh a, a car with like a huge subwoofer in the back like all these
4: folks so i can just ride around in my coolie high album uh, really obnoxiously for the next week. I definitely know Charlie wants to go on an international tour. I think everybody has their own pieces that they want to see come out of the situation. But it kind of depends. I think right now just seeing the reaction, the reception of the record has been a good thing for all of us and we just kind of are going to sit back and enjoy that because you know, music is these days um, two weeks and they're like, so when's the next one coming out? And it's like...
2: We speaking to Ace. We talked to Ace about that. that. Was like a big conversation, a topic of conversation with him was the the constant need uh, for for new stuff. for you know creatives, people forget how much time and energy goes into producing whatever your your creative medium is. Um, you can't rush these things if you want good quality. So uh, we'll give you a little bit of time off. Uh, let this album breathe, uh, and then hope to see some. Um, Some new things from you guys. I appreciate you stopping in and chatting with us, myself and Alex, Holland and Mandy in the room as well. We wish our, our normal host Ryan could be here. Uh, but nonetheless.
4: You're not texting, you're not side texting you with any questions? He, he's he's sent, he sent me, I, I tried, I,
2: yeah, I got into okay. to most of the questions. Okay. The, the Netflix snub was, was a was big scary. topic for
1: him. But but. That's
4: crazy because it wasn't even a snub. Ryan loves the instigate. Yes, yes. <laughs> I wish he was here. I would tell him, I would tell him to his face why you trying to instigate. He, he right. will hear
2: it. He will be glad to hear it. I'm sure uh, you can find more of Ryan even on his sickly bed on Twitter this evening. Uh, mouthing off about something so
4: that's why you' sick because you try to start trouble bad juju
2: yeah yeah well maybe there'll be a, a twitter war between the two of you guys if i can do anything to instigate that i, I will try I
4: participate in digital beef sir <laughs> all
2: right well again thanks for being on this is synopsis cooley high Thank never you. come down as the album definitely go check that out it's on all the streaming services uh so you can't miss it and get yeah and get that vinyl man
4: Favorite songs like we do you mean? You Ooh,
0: favorites. Yeah, so Mandy's think, "Never Come Down" and grinning. Your, you're t- yeah. Ryan, uh, he came strong with the "The More the Money" take. Oh yeah, I do. Like the more. instant he heard that track, I think that was his favorite song. Uh, for me, I think it was "Never Come Down," for sure. Like that sonically was just like, I don't know, it took me somewhere.
4: Shout out to homie Timos, uh, who produced
2: that record. That's what's up. Yes, it was was the single. Sometimes you know it's hard sometimes to get that first uh, touch point out of your head. And if you hear a single, it's like a lot of times I think those end up being people's favorite songs just because you get so attached to it before the actual album comes out. So got some uh, some favorite songs on the list. Go listen to the whole album though. Don't just pick and choose. Uh, Again, this has been uh, another episode of Super Empty. Appreciate y'all.
0: I need a feeling on the one until it's feeling like the sun. I need a feeling on the two. I tell you what I'm gonna do. Don't fake the fun. Don't fake the fun. I don't fake the fun. Don't fake the fun. Don't fake the fun around here then we gonna chill around here and then we gonna build around here that's why my people still around here you know the deal around here. We out, yeah.
1: I hope you enjoyed that interview I still haven't heard it so <laughs> I'm just gonna just trust that it was good just trust Ooh. the team that might be your biggest mistake yet so uh, I don't even know what I'm following up right now but but yeah we all can agree that was great and <laughs> As far as music that's come out that I just wanted to shout out very briefly. Um, last week, really cool video. Charlotte in general is doing great things. I don't know if you're aware of this, Justin, but Charlotte's got a lot. It's their, their motto.
2: They are the most populated city in North Carolina. So it could mistaken. be Charlotte's
1: got a lot of people. Charlotte's got a lot of attractions. In the, in this case right now, I would say Charlotte's got a lot of good hip-hop coming out. And last week, um, there's a video you should check out by an artist named Sianca or Sianza. I'm not sure. Probably Sianca. It's uh, C-Y-A-N-C-A. She has a new song called New Phone Who and it's cool because it actually has a sample from a song. It's the same sample as a Lute song on a Lute album that involves Elevator J, another Charlotte artist. And in the video that she put out, Lute is a painter, which is his second music video where he is playing a role because he also acted in a rapper Big Pooh video that he wasn't rapping on. So he's... And Elevator J acted in a Lute video. So what I'm trying to say is Charlotte's got a lot of synergy. Of, of synergy yeah among other things so uh, if you're looking for something to check out other than this podcast some new music check out that music uh new phone who dis from sianka anything else guys i got nothing
2: i i spent all my uh hot takes in the synopsis interview that you haven't heard yet
1: so we'll <laughs> i just can't have, wait i can't yeah, wait <laughs> I'll, I'll revisit them in the next podcast all right then well, other than that we're going to be back the following week with g yamazawa and we'll give you all of our thoughts. And Justin's going to uh, grill him about if he's going to battle dumbfounded. Holland, take us away.
3: Uh, support your local business and also support Popeyes and
1: Cookout. I knew this was going to be a Popeyes shout out. I <laughs> knew it was going to be a Popeyes. That's our show. Bye. Goodbye.
3: This is how you end it. Uh, a young king. Always I had known it, but didn't know what to call it. Maybe I telephoned it, I just knew that I was different. Wasn't living for moments, speaking and got his tone. I ain't nobody's clone, I mean, I want that throne. It ain't gotta be the main one. Just as long as don't nobody living got the same one. So I keep utensils close, my pen is my brain's gun. Mama told me when you watch your business, boy, you bring one. So this is it the closest you get to seeing me unprepared. Because I won't be so literally trying to fold me. My brain is a cause of fraction, no slipping is cause of traction. My mission is called to act.